Chapter Six: The Giant with the Golden Hairs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo. The Old Old Fairy Tales by Laura Valentine. The Giant with the Golden Hairs. There once was a poor man and his wife, and they had a son of whom it was foretold that he should prosper in all that he undertook, and that he should one day marry the king's daughter. The king heard of this, and when he found the parents of the boy were so poor, he was very ill-pleased, and determined that he should never marry his daughter. So he went, disguised as a stranger, to the parents, and asked them whether they would sell him their son. No, said they, but as he begged very hard, and said he would give a great deal of money for the child, and would take great care of him, and as they had scarcely bread to eat, they at last agreed, thinking to themselves, He is a lucky child. No harm will happen to him. The king took the child, put it into a box, and rode away. But when he came to a deep stream, he threw it into the water, saying to himself, My daughter shall never have you for her husband. So the box floated down the stream, but no water reached the child till at last, about two miles from the king's capital, it stopped at a mill-dam. The miller soon saw it, and took a long pole and drew it toward the shore, and finding it heavy thought it was full of money. But when he opened it he found a pretty little boy. Now the miller and his wife had no children, and they rejoiced to see the foundling, saying, Heaven has sent it to us. So they treated the boy very kindly and brought him up carefully in virtuous principles. About thirteen years afterward, the king came by chance to the mill, and asked the miller if that was his son. No, said he, I found him when a babe, in a box in the mill-dam. How long ago? asked the king. About thirteen years, said the miller. Indeed, said the king. Can you spare him, to carry a letter to the queen? It will give me much pleasure and I will present him with two gold pieces for his trouble. As your majesty pleases, said the miller. Now the king had soon guessed that this was the child whom he had tried to drown, and he wrote a letter by him to the queen, saying, As soon as the bearer of this letter reaches you, give orders to kill and bury him, so that all may be over before I return. The young man set out with his letter, but missed his way, and came in the evening to a great wood. Though it was quite dark, he saw a light afar off, to which he directed his steps, and found that it came from a little cottage. There was no one within except an old woman, who was alarmed at seeing him, and said, What brings you here, and where are you going? I am going to the queen, to whom I am taking a letter. But I have lost my way, and shall be glad if you will give me a night's rest. You are very unlucky, said she, for this is a robber's hut, and if the band come back while you are here, they will murder you. I am so tired, however, replied he, that I can go no further. So he laid the letter on the table, stretched himself out upon a bench, and fell asleep. When the robbers came home and saw him, they asked the old woman who the strange lad was. I have given him shelter for charity, said she. He has a letter 
to carry to the queen and has lost his way the robbers took up the letter broke it open and read the orders contained in it to murder the bearer then their leader tore it and thinking to play the king a trick wrote another letter desiring the queen as soon as the young man reached her to marry him to the king's daughter meantime they let him sleep on till morning and then showed him the right way to the queen's palace who as soon as she had read the letter made all ready for the wedding and as the young man was very handsome the princess took him willingly for her husband and they lived happily together after a while the king came back and when he saw the prediction fulfilled and that his child of fortune was married to his daughter he asked eagerly how this had happened and what his letter had said dear husband said the queen here is your letter read it for yourself the king took it and seeing that another letter had been sent instead of his asked his son-in-law what he had done with the letter which he had given into his charge i know nothing of it said he it must have been taken away in the night while i slept then the king was in a great rage and said no man shall have my daughter who does not go down and bring me three golden hairs from the head of the giant who reigns in the wonderful mountain do this and you shall have my daughter that i will soon do said the lucky youth so he took leave of his wife and set out on his journey by and by our hero came to a great city where the guard of the gate stopped him and asked what trade he followed and what he knew i know everything said he if that be so replied they be so good as to tell us why our fountain in the market-place that used to flow with wine will now not even give water tell us this and we will give you two asses laden with gold with all my heart said he when i come back he then continued his journey and came to another city and there the guard also asked him what trade he followed and what he understood i know everything answered he then pray oblige us by saying how it happens that a tree which used to bear golden apples does not now even bear a leaf most willingly said he when i return his way next led him to the side of a great lake over which he must pass the ferryman asked as the others had done what was his trade and what he knew everything said he then said the other pray tell me why it is that i am bound forever to ferry people over this water and cannot get free i will reward you handsomely i will tell you all about it said the young man as i come home when he had passed the water he came to the great mountain which looked very black and gloomy the giant lived in a cave hollowed out of the solid rock when the youth knocked at the door he found the giant was not at home but his grandmother was sitting in her easy chair what do you seek she said to the prince three golden hairs from the giant's head answered he otherwise i shall lose my wife i am sorry for you said she when he returns home i am afraid he will kill you yet i will try what i can do then she showed him a hole in the wall and told him to hide himself there and if he kept himself quiet he might be safe very well said he but i want also to know why a fountain 
that used to flow with wine is now dry. Also, the tree that bore golden apples is now leafless, and why it is that the ferryman cannot get away. You ask three questions that are difficult to answer, said the old lady, but lie quiet and listen to what the giant says when I pull the golden hairs. As soon as night set in, the giant himself appeared. When he entered, he began to snuff up the air and cried, What's the matter here? Surely some stranger is in my cave. Then he searched all around in vain, and the old dame scolded and said, Don't be turning everything topsy-turvy that I have just set in order. Upon this he took his supper, kid his head in her lap, and soon fell asleep as he was very tired. As soon as he began to snore, she seized one of the golden hairs and pulled it out. Woman, cried he, starting up, what are you about? Oh, I have heard that the fountain in the marketplace that used to run with wine has become dry. What can be the reason? Ah, if they but knew that, said the giant, under a stone in the fountain sits a toad. When they kill him, it will flow again. This said, he fell asleep, and snored so loud that the window shook, and then the old lady pulled out another hair. What would you be at? cried he in a rage. Don't be angry, said she. I want to ask you another question. What is that? said he. Oh, in a great kingdom there was a fruit tree that used to bear golden apples, and now it has not even a leaf upon it. What is the reason of that? Aha! said the giant. They would like very well to know that secret. At the root of the tree a mouse is gnawing. If they were to kill him, the tree would bear golden apples again. If not, it will soon die. Now have done with your questions. Alas, let me sleep in peace. If you wake me again, I shall box your ears. Then he fell once more asleep. And when she heard him snore, she pulled out the third golden hair. And the giant jumped up and was going to make sad work. But she soothed him and said, Only this once, and I will never trouble you again. There is a ferryman who is doomed to ply backward and forward over a lake, and can never be set free. What is the charm that binds him? He is a silly fool, said the giant. Let him give the rudder into the hand of the first passenger. He will then be free, and the others will take his place. Now let me sleep. In the morning the giant arose and went out, and the old woman, having released the young man from his prison, gave him the three golden hairs, and asked him if he had heard and understood all that the giant had said, and, on his replying that he had, she sent him on his way. He now left the mountain, and soon came to the ferryman, who knew him again, and asked for the answer which he had said he would give him. Ferry me over first, said he, and then I will tell you. When the boat reached the other side, he told him to give the rudder to the first passenger, and then run away. He came next to the city, where the barren tree stood. Kill the mouse, said he to the watchman, that gnaws the root, and you will have golden apples again. They gave him two ass-loads of gold, 
and he journeyed on to the city where the fountain had dried up and the guard asked his answer to their question so he told them to kill the toad and they thanked him and gave him also two asses laden with gold and now at last the youth reached home and his wife rejoiced exceedingly to see him and to hear of his good fortune he gave the three golden hairs to the king who could no longer raise any objection to him and when he saw the four asses laden with gold cried out in a transport of joy for he was very fond of money dear son-in-law where did you find all this gold beyond a lake said the youth where no doubt there is still plenty to be had pray tell me said the king quite anxiously may i go and get some too as much as you please replied the other you will see the ferryman on the lake tell him to carry you across and you will soon arrive at the cities whence the gold came away went the greedy old king with all speed and when he came to the lake he beckoned to the ferryman who took him into his boat and when he was about to quit he put the rudder into his hands and ran off leaving the old king to ferry away as punishment and is his majesty plying there still no doubt of it for who do you think would take the rudder out of his hands end of chapter six